listening to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. I have a word for us this morning. If I can get my iPad to, there we go. Malachi chapter 4, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 4 as well. Malachi chapter 4. Behold, behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of, of the great and terrible day of the Lord. The great and terrible day of the Lord. <laughs> I need to take that and break it down sometime. <laughs> the great and terrible day. Y'all, y'all, y'all are still thinking that he's coming to slay us with a sword. He will restore the hearts of their fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So I will not smite the land with a curse. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you is my beloved children. For if you were to have countless teachers in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved. For if you were to have countless teachers in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. Say that with me. Say, yet you would not have many fathers. Father, I thank you today for your goodness, for your mercy, that you have the heart of a father. That you have the heart of compassion and of grace truth and of identity. Lord, I pray today that we would know you, know your heart in a real way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody give it up for Jake this morning on the keys. Also, Boston lost in the finals, and Jake and Jake made me say that last week, bet me that I wouldn't say Boston in six, and they lost. Warriors in six. How does it feel, Jake? Yeah. So I want to jump right in this morning. And I want to talk about these two verses and I want to mesh them together, so to speak. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul starts writing to this church. And this church, they're a young church. They have all sorts of issues, all sorts of problems, all sorts of things happening that are not good. Um, if I could just be pretty uh, straightforward and to the point this morning, they were very carnal. They were very, uh, they were living in sin. Uh, people were sleeping with each other outside of the covenant of marriage. People were, people were getting hammered drunk all the time. And it was just a rowdy group of people. 
Yes. Yes, Jordan. A rowdy group of people. They could not get themselves together. And so Paul, with the heart of a father, writes them, actually, some scholars believe, four letters. We have recorded two of them. And in these letters, he's addressing all different sorts of issues. But in this letter, which is actually 1 Corinthians that we have, is actually the second book, that he, or the second letter that he wrote to them. He starts addressing all different sorts of issues. And he gets to this point, in chapter 1, he starts addressing issues. Chapter 2, addressing worse issues. Chapter 3, addressing worse issues. Chapter 4, there is this shift that happens in his writing. And he says this. He says, you're going to have a lot of teachers, but you're not going to have many fathers. You're going to have a whole bunch of people who will teach you certain things, but you will not have many fathers. You will have a whole lot of people who will show you and tell you what to do. But when, you, when, but when, what, when life happens to you, they will not get in the midst of life with you. You're going to have many tutors or instructors, but you're not going to have many fathers. Listen, if I could say anything prophetically about the times that we live in right now, we have a bunch of, bunch of teachers, but we don't have many fathers. We have a bunch of people who talk about the ways of Jesus, but don't really show us the ways of Jesus. We have a lot of people who talk about getting in people's mess with them, but never do. We have a lot of people that tell you, my goal in ministry is for you to run past me until you start running. You'll have a lot of people that will tell you really good things. But they'll, they'll be absent when it comes to shaping you as a person. Paul was very specific in saying, you're going to have a lot of people that will teach you. But you're not going to have many fathers. He was speaking specifically to a young group of people with identity crisis, sin issues, and all other sorts of problems. That's who he was speaking to. And he was, and he was saying, you're going to have a lot of people who would teach you. But you're not going to have many fathers. The world that we live in right now needs fathers more than ever. It needs fathers more than ever. We have so many people with identity issues because we have daddy issues. Just speaking very plainly this morning. But here is the, here is the thing. This is not, I am not coming and swinging the bat against fathers this morning. I'm not coming and swinging the bat against a rebellious group of people who don't want any fathers in their life. Right? 
what I'm calling us to this morning, especially if you're a man in the room, I'm calling you for your heart to turn to children. We in the church have talked about spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. Your job is to submit, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything, just come in, and, and you're, you're here to serve me because I'm the father. Scripture speaks totally against that. It's not even what a spiritual father is. It doesn't even call you a father because your heart has to be turned towards your children first. If you don't have a heart, this is actually the title of my message this morning. It's a few turning hearts. Because if you don't have a heart that is turned towards children, right, or the people coming after you as a spiritual father, then... You are not a father. You're a teacher. But you're not a father. We have a lot of teachers. But we have few fathers. Fathers don't want a title. Because it's a cool title. Fathers don't want a title because it's a cool title. There's a whole group of Christians who love the title spiritual father. And they're not fathers. None of them. Not a one of them. Because their heart is not for the next generation. It's contractual. My love for Beckham's not contractual. What we've said is, you do this and I'll be your spiritual father. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You don't have a spiritual father. That's not who that is. Somebody else. I'm going to set some of you free this morning from this idea that a spiritual relationship is contractual. It's not at all. You do these things and I'll father you. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're not a father. It's just that simple. You're just not a father. You don't have the heart of a father. You can't be one. You can be a cool teacher that everybody loves, but you can't be a father. I know cultures where specifically, I know this for a fact, that if you do not give money to the person, they're not your father. You're not a father. Because as soon as the check goes out, you cut them off, you're not a father. Not a father. Not even close to being a father. It's a contract. You have a multi-level marketing scheme. That you've put a Christian label on. Too much this morning. Fathers don't do that. Actually, do you mean to tell you what, the, what is true? The opposite is actually true. Fathers actually give into the sons that need it. That's what a father does. They're here to meet the needs of their children until they can walk by themselves. I know recently, I know this for a fact recently, a father told one of his sons, a father told one of his sons to go get in a massive amount of debt. Didn't write a check for it. Yeah, go get yourself in this massive amount of debt. Well, are you going to give into it? Well, no. It's not my role. 
So you're a good teacher, but you're not a father. There has to be, for you to be a father, there has to be a total turning of your heart away from yourself and on to the next group of people coming after you or on to your physical children. There are tons of people who got women pregnant but are not fathers. Because their heart isn't for their children. Their heart has not turned to their children. Their heart is still on themselves. And you're not a father. You may be a teacher, but you're not a father. I think about one of the, like this, the uh, ongoing examples that I know of as a, as a father is Stephen. Stephen's had to walk through tons of crap in his life. He's made tons of sacrifices to even move here. His life has been pure literal hell since it's been here. And one of the things that you see, every time I'm talking to him, one of the things that he is discussing with me, the girls. We got the girls doing this. We got the girls doing that. This is about the girls. It's because his heart has turned towards his children. And you can say what you want about him, but he's a father. Right? And one of the things that I hold to very sternly is that we do have a generation full of people who love the title father but don't love the responsibility and it doesn't necessarily mean some of you need to get set free from the 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 responsibility of you as a father is to only put food on the table it's dumb you are so much more than that i actually thought about naming this this morning that you are a provider but you're a provider of all things. Love, affection, compassion, guidance, all of those things. You're not just someone who puts food on the table and you're not just someone that your, your spouse can look to to come through in the clutch even though you can be that, but you're more than that. If that's all you ever are, that's all you'll ever be. And God has called you to do more than that. God has called you to be more than that. As a father, you'll never be able to... Listen, listen. If, if, I, if I don't say anything more today, you will never be a father to people that you don't love. I'm talking about genuinely love. If your heart is not in a place where you love the people coming after you, and by love... I mean a sacrificial type of love. You're not a father. And I say all of that to say this. We want to help you be one. I want to help you be one. I want to help you become that. I want to help you be the father that scripture speaks to. I want to help you be that. I don't want to, I don't want to beat you over the head if you failed. I don't want to like... I don't want to shame you on Father's Day. I don't, one of the saddest conversations that I actually had recently, me and Stephen were talking. <laughs> Stephen again, bringing up Stephen again. Me and Stephen were talking. 
And Stephen actually told me he didn't go to church on Father's Day for years because it was just a day where the church made fun of dads. And we wonder why we don't have any fathers. It's because we shamed you to death. There are things that we need to address so that you can become a father. But if you're going to shame people into becoming a father and never lend out your hand, then shut up. Please. You're not helping anybody. And we want to help all the people in this room who have the heart of the father to become a father or to grow in their fatherhood. Right? So, here's the question that you need to ask yourself before you move on into becoming a real father and like let me let me say this you before you decide to have kids consider the cost <laughs> count the cost because if you don't become these things that I'm telling you you will get exposed child having kids will expose you it will expose all of the teacher in you or all of the boy in you. And it will grow you into a man quickly. I washed my hands. That's why that snap didn't have the effect. It's, my hands are slick. God. God. So annoying. God. It does sound weird. It's bothering me. Still sounds weird. God is against me this morning. So, you need to ask yourself this question. As you go into fatherhood, as you're being molded into a father, you need to ask this question. Are you simply going to be a teacher or are you going to be someone who is willing to let the Lord Turn your heart to the next generation or your real kids. You have to ask yourself that question. Listen, fathers don't have an age requirement. They don't. Spiritual fathers for sure don't have an age requirement. There's someone that I am mentoring or whatever right now that's 14 years older than me. Father, becoming, being a father to someone instead of a teacher does require a couple things. It requires a real spiritual depth. A real spiritual depth. Not a fake one. Not a fake depth. Do you know how your depth, level of depth, gets exposed? What does your depth call out to? Whatever the deepest part of you is will call out to the deepest part of whoever is around you and how you connect is how you will get together and some people connect over their dysfunction. Don't be that. Have a real spiritual depth to you. right? Spiritual fathering, you don't have to be a certain age. But you do have to be whole. And you can be whole at 22. And you can be whole at 67. And you can be whole at 35. This is also, ladies, for you today, 
I actually encourage you. Find, and listen, you don't have to call them your spiritual father. You don't have to use that language. But you need to find somebody that will help shape you. A male and a female. You need male and female voices in your life. Both of them. You need to find those people that will help shape you over the course of your life. And those people need to be whole. So if you're a female in the room today, this is what you need to look for in a father. Here we go. The difference between a teacher and a father. A teacher is distant. A father's present. Teachers are on podcast and YouTube. Fathers are in your life. Right? They're available mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And physically. They're available in all of those ways. Fathers, be present. Be present with your kids. Be present with your spouse. Be present with the people around you. Beckham is 16 months old, and it seems like he should be two days old. Time is a thief. Be present. Do you mean to tell you something I believe is true? The greatest thing that you have right now is right now. The greatest thing that you have right now is right now. It's not a future now. It's not a future day. It's right now. One day, you will look back and miss the day that you are in right now if you're not present. Let me tell you how I know this. Every mom and every dad in the room that has a child, you scroll on your phone and look at all those baby pictures, and you melt. Lay in there and cry. Anything past four months, I'll look at of Beckham. But until those four months, I didn't get any sleep. So we're not looking at Beckham for four months. I saw one the other day of when we first moved into our house of Beckham. He had this little, uh, this little towel that you wrapped him in. And it's, like, it's got the little dog head on it. And he was just laying in the bed smiling. And it reminded me. I'm in these moments right now. I'm in these moments right now. Be present. Be a safe place. Be a safe place. Be a safe place. If you want to be a father to somebody, be a soft landing spot. Be a place of comfort. Be a place where your children feel safe. That they're going to be defended if something happens, that they're going to feel like that you care. Be a safe place. Lead your family in the ways of Jesus. Be a leader. Lead your family in the ways of Jesus. Be serious about following Jesus. Get caught reading your Bible. Get caught praying. Get caught in conversations about God. I'm not talking about ruling with an iron fist. That's not what I'm talking about leadership. That's not what I'm talking about leading your family. Most of those people who rule with an iron fist, they're not leaders. That's why they have to do that. They marry super submissive women 
and rule with an iron fist because they can't lead anybody with a personality. Just being honest. Lead by example. Love your spouse. Love your wife. Love God a lot. Make church a priority. Say, hey, you're going to be at church Sunday. You coming. Sick or not. If you're sick, stay home. Don't bring kids to the kids' department sick. I can't, I, can't talk, I can't talk to anybody in the room who has parents. Chris, you got a parent that's, or kids that are youth age. We got some youth age kids right here. If they're youth age, bring them on. They get healed in the altar. Make things that are important, important. Commit to something. Be steady. Right? Be, be somewhere that, may, be someone that when things are going crazy, you come in and can stabilize the situation. Be a safe place. Listen, a teacher always needs to be right. A father's always real. A teacher always needs to be right. A father is always real. Why? Because a father will be real with you about their issues. A teacher will act like they don't have any. Do you know why they will get real with you about their issues? It's because they actually care about your freedom. They actually care that you're living out the ways of God. They don't need just a title. They care about you. Right? Everyone that I have the opportunity to speak into their lives on a regular basis, especially... incredibly vulnerable with them if they ask for it. I've, I've met with people and I've said, hey, this is never going to get right in your life until this happens because this happened in me. This happened in me. Teachers want to lead from hypothetical experiences. They want to lead from these like I don't know, scenarios that they've created in their own mind that aren't real. Fathers lead from a place of realness. They live from a place of realness. They live from a place of authenticity. Listen, fathers, the reason why fathers get real with you is because they care about who you're becoming, not what you can do. That is probably... The number one thing that I think is wrong with the system, so to speak, in churches and this contractual relationship is that, is that people are in positions of authority and they place value on people for what they can do. Only. They care about your gift. They care about what you're good at. But they don't care about you. I have told people at this church to stop serving for a season. I have flat out told them. I pull them on stage. 
Because I care more about the condition of people's heart and soul than I care about what they could ever do. If you have people in your life that can that only value you for what you do, get around some new people. Because as soon as you stop pushing forth their vision or agenda, they're done with you. They're done with you. Fathers aren't moved by failure. They're not moved by failure. They actually promote failure. They're okay with failing. I'm okay with Beckham falling, trying to get up on the couch. I'm okay with that. Because if he doesn't ever learn how to get up on the couch, he's never going if he doesn't ever learn how to climb up there, he's never going to be able to do that. He's always going to need me. Now he runs and sprints into the leather chair. Sprints. Think Beckham has two speeds. It's like off and completely on. And it depends on the day. This morning, he was off. He was off. He was off this morning. This afternoon, when we get home, that switch is going to flip somehow. I promise you, I'll take videos. He'll be running around, screaming, ball, and throwing everything in sight. Listen, fathers aren't moved by your failure. They're moved by the pain that failure caused you. They're moved by the pain of when you do fail. And then they step in and they help you correct. They help you correct. That involves getting messy. That involves getting really messy. That involves being a safe place, and that involves getting real with other people about your issues. It involves a lot of things. We've had enough people. We've had enough people telling us how to live godly lives and not showing us how to live godly lives. We've specifically had enough of people telling us to get it together by people who don't have it together. And you know what the crazy thing about it is? We know that you don't have it together. And it wouldn't be that bad if you would just say, I don't have it all together. But because you act like that you have it all together, it's super annoying. And we don't want to hear from you. <laughs> and you can't really help us. The best hope that you can give somebody, this is going to mess with the religious crowd. The best hope that you can give somebody is when you tell them, I have been there where you are, even if they're in the most ungodly spot that they are in their lives. That's the, that's the greatest hope that you can give somebody. It's your story. I've been there. I've hurt the way that you've hurt. And I made it out. And I'm here to let you know I'm going to help you make it. Fathers are real. Fathers are real. Listen, a teacher gives you a lid, a father removes it. A teacher gives you a lid, a father removes it. 
You can only go so far. You can only a father removes just a little too soon. Not wait a little too soon. People who never want the people they are raising in the faith or raising in their home to surpass them in things are not fathers. They are not fathers. I have learned about the past three years. experience that I ever had with authority, leadership in my life, period. Because I had all this permission to like blow it really bad. Like to mess it up real bad. Like, he was like, here's the student ministry, here you go. Figure that out. You know, here's the kids ministry, figure that out, you know. And I, I would ask him, like, do you have anything that, like, you specifically don't want me to do? Nope. I'm like, that's a lot of freedom. <laughs> Y'all should have seen some of the initial budgets that I submitted for student ministry. You said no restrictions. I'm swinging for the fence. I had a fog machine submitted in that, in that budget that was going to go right here on this stage and right over there because the keys was back there. And as soon as worship started, it was going to shoot fog as, as thick as you had ever seen it to the top of this ceiling. They're called the jets. And that's what they look like. And I had them in a budget. $2,300 a piece. Denied. Yes, that's right. That's right. Denied and denied and denied and denied and denied. A teacher will crush you because they're not involved in their word in your world. They'll say things and they will crush you unintentionally because they're not familiar with your world. They're not sensitive to what you they're not sensitive to you. They're not sensitive to your emotions. And they'll say things that crush you. A father will elevate you though. A father will bring you up. They'll hold your hand as long as you need it. I don't know any father. I don't know any father that would not be willing to hold their kid's hand in a difficult time. We do believe that God won't hold ours though sometimes. Which is a lie. He's always with us. Teachers are... Especially about you. Have you ever, ever had someone know everything about you, but they don't even know you? They know everything about your life, and they're uninvolved. I'll tell you a story. Someone, they did not know me, and they were trying to play this role in my life one time. And they were asking me specifically about giving we don't see any money coming in from you. We don't see any money being given to us. They were so uninvolved that they did not know I was giving 30% of my income. 
but they wanted to know where all my money was. It's running your ministry. (laughs) And then they rebuked me for not giving. And I was like, if you want to match percentages, we'll go for it, man. I've been in those environments. I've been in those situations. I had someone tell me one time that tried to play this role for me. They were like, you didn't text us. When you went to Subway, you didn't check in. I'm like, what do y'all want to know? Steak and cheese sandwich, mustard, <laughs> foot long. I'm back at the house now. I don't have any money to go anywhere else. I'm serious. You didn't check in. They wanted me to check in to go to class. I'm like, history in the morning at 8.15. I don't have class past 12.30 every day. I'm at the school from 9.15 to 12.30. 815. Fathers are involved in your life. They know these things. And they don't have to rule with an iron fist. They're involved. They know these things. They know what you care about. They know what to buy you as a gift. Last thing. Listen. A teacher. Hear me if I say anything. You can come on up, Jake. A teacher will make you to be a clone. A father will lead you to discover who you are. A teacher will make you a clone. They will want you to copy them. They will want you to believe all the things that you believe. They will want you to be interested in all the things that you're interested in. A father will let you be who you are. For instance... Pastor Casey has recently become interested in a specific theologian that is hyper-political. And he sends me questions. I read them rarely. Just like them. They are good quotes. I'm just not interested in them. He is, though. But he doesn't look at me and say, Did you read those? If not... This relationship can't go any further. I had somebody tell me one time that our relationship couldn't go any further unless I read these four particular books. And they were about the history of a certain denomination. Why do I need to read those? It's all bad. None of it's, it's, it's a book. It's four books about what we don't want to do. A father will be sure that you are becoming who God made you to be and not who God made them to be or another dude to be or another woman to be. They'll be sure that you're becoming who you need to be. Paul shaped Timothy into be a pastor. Paul was not a pastor, but he celebrated the pastoral gift that Timothy had on his life. He actually encouraged it. He promoted it. He said yes to it. He amended it in front of thousands of people. He wrote letters about it. Listen, when you're becoming a father, be sure that you're celebrating all of the good things 
about the people who were following you and about your own kids. If not, you're going to unintentionally shape them into who you wanted to be. You ever seen those dads and those moms that live out their sports dreams through their kids? I'm just like, dude, because you weren't good, please leave him alone. You're embarrassed because you weren't good. You ever thought about, you could have got better. But let him do his thing. Or let her do her thing. I'm serious. I've seen this. Grow up in Alabama. Go to a t-ball game in Alabama. Kids in t-ball, four years old, getting yelled at for missing first base. Can't even go to the bathroom yet. Mad because they missed first base. Be sure that as a father that you are molding people into the image of the father and not your image. Listen, because people, especially people who look up to you, they will listen to every single word you say and they will watch every single thing you do they will they are watching you men your kids are watching you Joey I think Ronnie is like a little miniature version of you I keep Ronnie sometimes Ronnie comes over to the house I'm like Joey Ronnie sorry <laughs> yeah it's like the mannerisms are so like, like, I mean, I'm like, Joey showed you that. It's because our kids watch us. You ever seen Beckham in a room? His facial expressions tend to look a lot like mine, like, and we ain't mad. We ain't mad. Nobody's made us laugh yet. We're waiting. Yes. Do not tickle me, Jordan. Listen, men in the room and women in the room, men, you can be everything God's called you to be. You can be everything that God has called you to be. Women, you can encourage them to be everything God's called them to be. And you can also look for someone that can speak into you and your spouse's life. A male figure, a voice with the heart of a father. Never forget this. Never forget this. You will only have a few hearts that turn towards you. Like it, it'll be like nothing that you've ever thought about. And what a spiritual, the typical evangelical culture, spiritual father, spiritual son relationships would work like. You get to call them more than once a week. You get to text them. They so in your life. 
I have a friend who, you can stand to your feet, I'm going to tell you this story and then we're going to leave. I have a friend who um, works in ministry and he has a spiritual father who lives uh, in Florida. Lives in Florida. And for years, for years, for years, he has not taken a single vacation to Florida that his spiritual father hasn't paid for. And he asked him one day, why do you do this? This is what fathers do. This is what fathers do. We make sure you're taken care of. And I don't want it to be a financial burden on you to come and get rest. And so I'll take care of it. I'll pay the bill. You'll have a few hearts that turn towards you. You won't have many. And listen, all teachers aren't bad. They're just not fathers. A teacher can never take the place of a father. A teacher has their place. I listen to a lot of people preach, but they're just teachers. They're just teachers. And I know where they are. Let me tell you one of the ways that you can really recognize a teacher is when they come along and want to give you advice, but they don't want to stay. They want to give you advice, but they don't want to stay. You need to look for people who want to be with you, who are present, who are kind, who are loving, who are a safe place. You want to look for people who remove all of your lids and amen who you are. And they don't try to mold you into them. They encourage you to be yourself. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, we thank you that you are a good father and that you can show us how to be fathers. Father, I pray in this room today that all the men are being molded into your image, not our image. Not being a spitting image of someone on the earth, even though all of those traits are good. But we are bearing forth your image, your kindness, your love, all of those things. Jesus, we love you today and we thank you for all the fathers in the room. We pray that they would be able to live this godly life, this journey with you as you have designed them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. We have a couple people down here if you need prayer for anything. If not, you are dismissed. If you got uh, a little card for your gift, don't forget to pick that up. Also, if you're new, stop by Connect Point. We want to connect with you. So you can see. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.